a priest married for 50 years? No need for a visit to a confessional. Father Mike Melanson is one special case. After breast cancer claimed the life of his wife, Melanson braved the grief that followed before a visit to his church changed his life. While weeping and praying, he heard a voice say, show me love. After exploring what that might mean, he concluded that it meant to display God's love through the Eucharist, which only a priest could do. That led to an intensive time of study and dedication. In his 70s, he was ordained and now serves as a parish priest near Albany, New York. His adult children and he have a joke about his new title, Father Dad. In this two-part podcast, senior editor Robert J. LaCosta discusses the ups and downs of widowhood, the process of ordination, and the unique position he carries as the oldest active parish priest in his diocese. He understands military service, marriage, children, grandchildren, career pressures, and understands widowhood, and all of that helps him in his role as a priest. So get ready for another remarkable conversation with Father Mike Melanson on part two of this two-part series right here on The Age Sage. Well, listen, you, you've given us some good, 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 good counsel as a priest. You know, I feel like, hey, I'm here I am in a rectory. I'm talking to the priest. This is great. And all our listeners are getting to listen in on your advice. But I want to switch gears here. You go into the priesthood. <laughs> Tell me about your first mass. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I got to reveal the truth now to the whole world. All right. Uh, I hope my bishop's not listening. <laughs> I was so scared and nervous. My very first Mass was up at Lake George, the beautiful Lake George in the Adirondacks. Absolutely gorgeous. It was my paradise. As a child, my parents used to take us up there. Did the people, the what, what Mass was it? Oh, was it my gosh. 8 o'clock? Oh. Or was it 11 o'clock? Or? I can't remember well, my own name sometimes. Well, yeah, I think it was an early morning Mass in a beautiful and, church. And, and how many people were in there, would you guess? Oh, 50, 60? No, no, no. I'd guess 110, 120. And do you think any of them knew it was your first Mass? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, I think so, yes. So that makes it worse. That's even, right. Because <laughs> they know I'm doing this for the first time. <laughs> that's right. And and the one thing I did not want to do was to screw up. Now, because they pound into you, make sure, you, you know, you, you you read the black and you say, the red is the instruction and you do to read the black, you know, and the, and the Roman. And, so. and you didn't want to get it reversed. Exactly. <laughs> and I wanted to make sure that the, everything is valid, you know, and, and if you, if you say something wrong and it's invalid and you go back over it again and the people are going, oh, all this is going in my head. But you see, that's the evil one trying to get away from me and the beauty of the consecration of the, and then just the, the, the feeling that I have this authority, the same authority Jesus gave to, to his apostles, Peter and the apostles, that, that authority passed down to my bishop who gave it to me. These hands are consecrated. Well, I can't think about that because it's just mind-boggling uh, at my age and what I've lived through and all the various things I did in my life and, and military and everything. I'm thinking, wow. And now I have to read the very next word in a nanosecond yeah. that went by and uh, my knees were shaking and I was, and then I had to not only do the, which was easy to read, I had to preach. Mm-hmm. Now as a deacon, I got to preach once a month on average. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I had my homily written out, so I'm not at the point where it's memorized yet. <laughs> not yet, but um, uh, it was, it was nerve wracking. Hey, do you remember your first homily? Oh gosh, no. Yeah. You know, um, I think uh, 
teaching is one of the greatest uh, gifts. Um, well, they're all great gifts. You know, whether you're a servant, your teacher, your pastor, your evangelist, whatever you are, I, I want to encourage people to know that your gift is yours. God's given it to you, and it's it's a great gift. And especially can, if you're moving in your gift, I can tell you uh, a prayer I say all the time, and it has never failed me. I pray the night before and before I preach, Lord. Send me the words you want your people to hear. In other words, use me. <clears throat> and I can't describe how. Hasn't failed once. Not once. What? It's an incredible feeling. If I've got a blank, something comes out. You know. And it makes sense. And they say the teacher is the first student. And you've probably found that out. You know, what, I love teaching. What, God, what God's downloading to you is for you. And then all of a sudden, it's for them. And that's a great that's that's one of the great honors of teaching, um, and as a writer, same thing. Um, but the transition going from um, <clears throat> within, you know, as you say, a short amount of time, a short amount of time, uh, the transition from going to a dad, a husband, a grandfather, and now you're uh, kind of living in a rectory. What what was that like? Oh. Well, I mean, this is a kind of a unique situation where someone who's been married for 50 years, and now he's, he's a priest in a rectory. What's that like? It was horrible. Really? It was. The um, whole concept of celibacy was extremely and is very, very hard. It is a sacrifice that I give up willingly to my Lord and Savior. I look at the cross every time. And I see what he did for me, and this is insignificant. But it's nonetheless hard. I walk into this nice, big, beautiful old Victorian house, 120-year-old home. It's quiet. Yeah. Still. Yeah. I And you're a social I'm, person. I'm a social person. I'm a little extroverted. <laughs> so Peggy, Peggy's not here. She's not here. She's not it's here. It's quiet. I have no one to talk to. And, and I don't like that at all. Yeah. So consequently, the TV goes on just for background noise. Yes, sure. And now, sure. now I'm able to get through. First thing in the morning, I put a radio on. Um, it's still hard and it's been five years since she's passed. Um, it's easier. I have to admit it's easier, but it's not easy. Um, I still offer up the sacrifice all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, people might not understand what you mean by that, uh, to offer up something that's either suffering or giving up, you know, like fasting. What what does it mean to give up something? You give it up all the time. You might might want to elaborate. If I wasn't a priest, I would probably try to be married again. Yeah. I need a partner. I need someone to be with me. I want to want to share my fun time. I'm not getting younger. I'm getting older. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to share this time with a partner of some sort. So I make God my partner. And mm-hmm. I was telling you earlier about my prayer is conversational. I talk to God like I'm talking <clears> this, this microphone right now, and I listen to him in the same way, and we talk back and forth. And that helps immensely. Um, but it, it's, it's just different than what I've had. Uh, I, I left home and was married. I mean, I never in my life lived one single day alone. Not one day. I was, mm-hmm. I was with my parents until I got married. I was with my wife until she passed away. Now, you know? you're talking about a gentleman who's been married 50 years, and then he's kind of alone as a, as a parish priest, technically uh, a, a vicar. I forget your technical Parochial term. vicar. Parochial vicar. It's assistant to the we, pastor. we, we got to be careful about this. Or we're going to have it, age requirements. It's but, assistant to the pastor. Yeah. <laughs> we want to work around that <laughs> age, uh, mandatory age uh, issue. Um, would you say that many priests who have never been married are alone in a rectory sometimes. I mean, obviously, uh, a priest, 
a minister of almost any kind has to do some reading, study, and there has to be time to prepare for the ministry. But you can't be constantly preparing for the ministry. There has to be a time when you sit down and watch Netflix or uh, in your case, you have a musical gift. Um, but would you say probably there are many priests who uh, who have uh, have to give up, uh, you know, sacrifice the idea of lo- loneliness as much as you love God and he's, he's the partner. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Everyone. Celibacy is, uh, you know that long before you go through your, your uh, ordination, uh, you go through seminary and all your studies, uh, which occupy your mind for quite a long time, so you don't get a chance to think. But in the time uh, that you have personal time, um, it, you have to develop this idea of using God as your partner, God as your um, one that you can come to and cry and, and holler and scream I'm heavily into sports. I love football. I'm a Giants fan. Go Giants. Um, and um, that is, the, I've developed that as my But even that, you escape. might want to say, want to call, hey, did you did you just see that touchdown? Absolutely. He, he caught that with well, one hand in the corner of the end zone with one foot in. Again, I am blessed that I can call my kids. Yes. And they're very, you know, I have a Giants fan. Um, I have a Dallas fan. I don't know how I ha- that happened. That was a mistake. <laughs> and I have a Jets fan. I'm, I'm awful too, you know. So <laughs> I love my sons. Uh, but um, yeah, I have that escape. And that is a big, big factor for most me. Pa- most priests don't have Do kids. Do not have that. Right, so. Unless they have parents, unless they have sure, a sure. close friend, yep, yep. which is very important too, that you can trust. I developed uh, a, a prayer faith sharing group uh, through the Crucial Method. And I've been yep. with these men now for over 30, maybe 40 years. They're as close to me as blood. Mm-hmm. And when my wife passed, they got me through that. So yeah. I rely on them a lot, and I can share and I can cry in front of them. They don't think I'm less a man for that or anything like that. They are the closest people I've had. I, I want to get. I want to get to you know some of your musical background. Oh yeah, that's uh, my but, favorite. Now. But but I want to I want to address young people again. You just said something profound. You developed over thirty years a relationship with men right. that eventually brought you through something, but that's not why you developed it no. at the beginning. It was you, a faith-sharing group. It's a faith-sharing group. Right. But say say it's just a person doesn't even know God's not following God, just wants to have a glass of wine with her girlfriends, and she's 30 years old in an urban environment, or she's in a suburb, and she doesn't know any of that. Still, to develop, to, to uh, deliberately, let's use the word deliberately develop relationships that will end up being long-term. That's one of the keys to life. Absolutely correct, yeah. And, but and aren't there a, lo- a lot of lonely millennials in, out there? I, I think that I, I just don't know. Yeah, because of the social media aspect, they think that's the relationship. You, you're talking about something no, very different. I'm talking face-to-face, and, and thank God for the development of Zoom. I'm being a technical guy, too. I, I think it's one of the greatest developments that ever come along. So now I not only can talk to you like on a phone, but I can see you. And that's the, that's the whole other part of um, using your senses. I need to talk, I need to listen, and I need to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'm not talking about the handicap or anything like that. I'm talking about the, the, the development of a relationship. Now, in that type of form, it's not wrong to have a development of a relationship in the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. Right? Because the primary point of this is the reliance on God. He's your crutch. He's your, 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 your savior. He's your best friend. I can take my stuff to them. I can talk to him and, and in a way that I'm talking to you now. But 
there's always a need. I mean, it's all scriptural. God made man. He was not built to live alone, you know. All of this comes from the scripture. And to talk to another human being is critical Mm -hmm. to understand. And they may not have gone through what you've gone through or going through, but just the ability to someone to listen, to become, I remember taking courses in effective listening. My wife was a tremendous advocate of that. She taught me how to become, she said, you're not listening to me. <laughs> and that was, you'd be right. And I was mind drifting off in seven different places. You have to become an effective listener, which is a great gift to develop. You have to develop that too. And when you do that, then you build a relationship. Now, it doesn't mean it's a sexual relationship. It doesn't mean it's a, a partner relationship. It's a relationship in understanding each other. I'm coming to you uh, as a human being with, with my all my problems, my gifts, and you're coming to me as another human being. It happens to be today you and I together, Bob, are male to male, but you could have been a female. It doesn't make mm-hmm. any difference, you know. Mm-hmm. And we can relate ourselves into these things, um, which is critical to get through these difficult times. Well, you're mentioning, you know, we mentioned loneliness, we mentioned uh, separation, mentioned communication, but the, the recent pandemic, uh, a psychologist told me that um, we need to be heard and we need to hear. Correct. It's Correct. a two-way street. Absolutely. It's, it's built into <clears throat> us, into our spirits, yes. to both listen, but to also talk. That's we, we, just God, got, we just got to get it out. And that's why God gave us two ears and one mouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And hearing aids. <laughs> and hearing aids. Praise <laughs> the Lord for that. I wear hearing aids. I tell people I have 20-20 hearing. I want to get into uh, your musical gift. I just, b- b- before I do, I want to uh, just uh, talk about Aging. We were talking about aging and the the key uh, of this season in our lives. Both being older gentlemen here, and there are people who are plenty older than us, but um, plenty that are younger listening. But the aging season. I'm an old basketball coach, and games are won in the fourth quarter. How how important is this season in life for you, what are some of the challenges, the unromantic side of, let's, let's take both sides, the romantic side of aging, wisdom. Uh, you know, if I'd known grandparenting was going to be this fun, I wouldn't skip kids. All that. We, we, we know those <clears throat> sort of the romantic side of aging. Let's talk about both yeah. the, 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 the two sides of aging and how God uses that in our in our lives and in the lives of others, the, the particular season we're in. You're making me stop and think, so that's a very good thing, too. Um, I don't like it at all. Um, and I'm at the beginning of the end period. Um, I, uh, I often wondered, and I pray to God, and I said, you know, when I get to heaven, my, one of my first questions, Lord, what's up with this aging process? You know, you died at 33 years old. Why can't we reach 33 and coast to the end, which God could pick a number, and we'll be all set. That's or it could make us healthier as we got older. He could have done that. All of that, right, but he decided not to, and we were stuck with this aging process. Um, as aging hits um, me, um, various illnesses begin to come out in I can't do what I used to do. I held a high school record for the two mile. I held a mile record in the Air Force at my base. I was a runner and an athlete. Uh, I was 60 pounds later than I am today. And as I get older, you know, the natural, normal processing of getting older uh, is coming on. There's the memory loss, which really drives me up a wall. 
It's right there. I, I'd say that there's so much stuff up there in the head now that it just takes the brain a little longer to, to go around and all the synapses to figure out what the answer is. And, and uh, that part is, is annoying, um, especially if I'm preaching on something. But um, I, it's, it's not a comfortable part of the living. I don't like the, the memory loss. I don't like the inability. I just got back from uh, two weeks in uh, the Holy Land, and my knees oh, wow. and my thighs are killing me. And, nope, they but, didn't and tell if me. you had been 30 years younger, uh, how much as, different would oh, that experience been? I was with men who were bet- between the ages 25 and 35. They were seminarians. Yeah, and they're flying up these hills. Uh, 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 um, Jerusalem and all of uh, Israel is uh, uphill both ways, I say. <laughs> it's, you're just climbing hills and going down hills all over the place. Um, I just had two cortisone shots, one in each knee, and that helped me a lot. So the whole aging process. You have a hearing loss. I'm sorry. What'd you say? You, yeah. <laughs> yes, I uh, I have tinnitus, and am I? I'm As deaf. I. I'm deaf after a certain point, but my hearing aids uh, bring me back to 2020 hearing, as I call it. I don't know what the expression is, but yeah. So that um, is a great gift. Uh, I use a lot of technology for that. But, you know, as, as you get older, it's it's um, there's a reward for that too, and the reward is knowing that uh, this is only a, a transitional stage that we're going to be going through, that no one is exempt from it. No one, no human being ever created or ever alive or will be, is Bill, exempt from the process. Billy Graham said uh, yeah. he, he was prepared for heaven. Me too. No one prepared him for aging. <laughs> That's a fact. That's and a he, went, he went all the way to close to his 100th birthday. Yeah. And yeah. so through Parkinson's for 20, 30 years, mm-hmm. that must have been a long haul for him. I can't imagine, yeah. And so he... he probably was asking a lot of the questions you were asking yep. um that's some of the that's some of the reality of of aging some of the benefits of aging are we have a perspective that we could have never ever seen coming yeah that is a true uh there is definitely uh, additional wisdom that comes along with that and i bet you there's a lot of parishioners that might not articulate that to you but they're coming to you for they might not hug you but they're basically coming to you for oh, well, a hug. I'm because, Italian, so my, I, I'm a hugger. Yeah, physically. But I'm saying they're coming to you for like a spiritual hug. They, yes. they, they, need, they need a spiritual cortisone shot. You're they, right. They, they've been, Absolutely they've right. been brutalized. They've been fired. They've been divorced. They've been, um, they, they lost a loved one. And there's this older gentleman who's a priest, but he's also lived through a lot himself. Not that other priests haven't who are you know, have never married, but you, you really hold a special place. And that is and I think part that's of what aging God was doing. that yeah. is yeah. on the plus side. Yeah. He was preparing me for this, which I couldn't possibly have seen. He was preparing me all for this, even for the loss of my wife. He was preparing me throughout my life to get to the stage I'm at now. And in that preparation, I have gained such uh, knowledge of, of different things. I went through 18 months as a year and a half without work. I had a high-paying job that they did away with it. My company went down, and uh, there was no income coming in, and I had five people to support. Um, it was really, really hard. So I know what it's like. I don't like people come up to me and say, yeah, I know how you feel, but they haven't the faintest idea how you feel, truly mm-hmm. feel, um, unless you've been walked a mile in my shoes. And yeah. knowing what it's like to lose a job, lose income, I have to, you go to the supermarket with a list. You can't buy one item over the list because there's no money to pay for it. Uh, understanding that, um, and it's, uh, it's a great amount of wisdom that you learn. Um, and I would say uh, you have a unique gift in that you could get young couples coming to you 
And and a, a priest, as as wise as he may be, sure. he doesn't have fifty years of marriage behind him like you do. That's right. yeah. And I, I mean, that could really come to you and say, you know, this relationship thing. We're we're a little scared. I mean, these kids don't even marry anymore; they live together. So That's when they when they decide exactly. to tie the knot, yeah. knot, it must be tougher than when you and I tied the knot. One of the courses I took and, and classes that my wife and I went through on marriage encounter, you learn how to argue. Yeah. You learn how to arguing is a, a, a skill set. And we had 10 rules on our refrigerator. And when we got into a discussion, an argument, you know, up oh, number seven, you can't violate that one. You know, you learn how to do that. And it's a skill set. To it know took a to while, didn't it? Right. You, you didn't just. Oh, no, no, no. You have to develop the skills just like anything so else. So you're, you're talking to a 20 or 30 year old and you're saying you got a long time ahead of the, you. That's right. They haven't you, got you, a clue. They haven't got a clue, but you could give them a, a, a hint. You could give them a hint that this is going to be work. That's right. So exactly. that beautiful body that you're looking in front of and you think is... It's much more than that. It's much more than that. Yeah. I want to turn the corner here as we wrap up. You have a incredible Gibson. And can you just... That's desc- a guitar. <laughs> can you describe that? Oh, no. And, okay. and, and go into the musical aspect yeah. And um, you you did mention kind of chilling. You, you come and, and it's kind of a stress reliever. But can you just tell us a little bit about oh, sure. your gift, a little bit about your background, the Beatles, yep. Elvis, all that? Uh, I bet you there's a lot of people who love to hear that. Oh, I always had a gift that I never knew I had. Yeah, and um, my wife would say, "Honey, you got a gift." I said, no, anybody can do this. But I have the ability to listen to music, and I can pick out a particular instrument and divorce all the others. Switch from that instrument, whatever it may be, to another instrument, and hear that one, and divorce the others. Oh wow! And I have that gift, and I've always had it. I have a love of music. And when I was about fourteen years old, fifteen, give or take a day, um, uh, my father took me down to a music store, and I saw this guitar. It was a uh, Gibson. And I bought it brand new in like a 1959, 1960. And it's in pristine condition. I, I showed you, Bob, what it looked like. And it's classic now. And it's very classic now. Yeah. And it's uh, my pride and joy. Uh, I taught myself how to play. I can't read a note of music. Uh, I had the gift of uh, hearing. I can sit down at most instruments and play them. And I never, I don't know how. I have a keyboard. I play fairly well. Uh, a dozen different instruments. I can even play a carpenter's saw put it between my knees and strum it and get a song out of it. I play the organ at church once in a while. Uh, it's just a gift. And my wife recognized it and said, yeah, I know you're gifted. And then I developed that. And at one time in a folk group back in the 60s, we had folk group at church. Uh, my bass player was saying, Mike, we're going to put a band together. You want to join? I said, I can't play that. I don't even read music. He says, ah, nobody else can either. Don't worry about it. And rock and roll was being good. The Beatles were just beginning to come in in the early and the mid-60s. Um, and um, I joined a band, and I played with for ten years in rock and roll. You, you know, it, it um, something. It's going to sound like a weird transition, but we're talking about music. Uh, worship music today with contemporary Christian music is like off the charts. I mean, in the eighties, it was. It felt like ugh. right now. There's a there's a movie out called Jesus Revolution that uh, explores some of the very early. Uh, Contem- what, what has become contemporary Christian music 50 years later. And music has just developed. I, I mean, I saw on your stand there, you have that, How Great Thou Art. Yeah. So you, you could go from Beatles to How Great Thou Art. Yeah. But if, if there's a young person, you mentioned being in a folk group when you were young. Yeah. But see, you had the context of how to bring the music into the church. There's a lot of people out there right now, right. Father Mike. They don't have a parish. They don't have a church. They don't have, they might have a musical gift, but, you know, they're listening to all secular stuff. They don't, they don't know how, you know, music was built 
and designed in heaven for the glory of God. We don't even know what it's going to be like when we get up there. It's going to be... The angels are going to be singing. Oh my gosh, it's going to be like wilder than anything anybody could imagine. But a lot of people don't have the context of of a a church community. Um, how, How would a young person take a first step of coming into a church community if they've been through... Uh, parents were divorced or they weren't really raised in a church. That's a difficult question. What would be a first step to get them into the community? Then they could yeah. start using a gift like music or whatever. Well, it is just do it. I mean, that's the Nike commercial. The commercial says just do it. I think that's the way. You just got to try it. And don't be afraid of failure. But they could, they could walk into teacher. a place with people our age Yeah, and it and might feel a little weird. No, no, you'd be surprised what, what's going to take off. And don't be afraid of failure. You learn from failure. You learn from doing good, too. But so the, be the, bold and open at church door. Absolutely correct. Just do it. Be if they, did, if they it. did it around here, they'd bump into you. I hope so. And, I and, would hope so. And and I, I would join them. And I'll tell you, yeah. they, they would be, whether no. they're 20, 30, or 40, uh, Father Mike, they would, they, would love, <laughs> they would love you. If only we could get them inside the door to see that well we're working on that now that's a big part of the catholic church is evangelization and we're working on that right now to bring the young couples back into it and it's things like you just talked about in this whole last hour um about getting people back into the church understanding what truth is what not truth where the church really is and i'm very big in that very big and i think my people love that i'm very people oriented i talk to every single person in the parish before i start mass every single one and if it's somebody I don't recognize, hi, how you been? You know, well, you know, you, you look new around here. You know, where you from? Yeah. Develop a relationship and uh, and to stay after and talk. That's critically important. As critical as the the sacrifice of the mass is, is uh, the people. You know, that's what Jesus yeah. wants us to do. Matthew twenty eight. Go out into the world, teach them everything I've taught you to do. You know, yeah. Baptize them in the name of the Holy Spirit. You know, it's Obviously, it's funny you're saying this. We'll wrap it up here in the Jesus Revolution movie, which is based on a true account of um, the the Jesus movement of the 70s, people were having a hard time relating to these people who had long hair, beards, um, midriffs, uh, uh, bare feet, uh, cut-up cut jeans, um, sexual lifestyles that were very different from the ones they grew up with. And we're seeing the exact same thing now, only it's it's piercings, it's tattoos, it's weird here, it's people not getting yeah, married. That's okay. It's the same thing. Yeah. And and we've got to somehow welcome these people Absolutely. so that they can find the love of God, which is what your original calling was. That's correct. Teach my people. Yeah. Uh, say it in your own words. The uh, word you, show my people how much I love them. Even if they got a piercing or a nose ring, it doesn't well, matter. Some of that bothers me too. <laughs> but no, absolutely. You, know. you cut right through that. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. we, we've been talking with Father Mike Melanson, who is, um, been was married for 50 beautiful years. And after he lost his um, his bride, he went into uh, the, the priesthood. And it's, he's in a very unique position to speak um, to into life of parishioners and now you're, as a listener of this podcast, almost in his fold. And I, I'm so glad you got to hear uh, what God can do with an obedient child who just Thank happens you. to be in his 70s. <laughs> Thanks <laughs> Father, for reminding me. <laughs> Father Mike. Bob, it's been well, an awesome privilege. Thank you so much. May I, God continue to bless you. I told you as soon as we got in here, we're going to be fast friends. I, I, hope I, so I knew it. And I hope, 
I hope through the listening of this podcast, people will get in touch with you because I bet you they have some questions for you. Excellent. If anybody wants to get in contact with me, I'm at St. Patrick's Church in Athens in Catskill, New York. You can just go up on the internet. I'm the webmaster too, by chance, and uh, um, be happy to communicate with you. You've got some IT background. You'd be glad to get by. You're not you're you're not distant. You, you're as uh, close as an email. As long as God can help me. Yep. Okay. Uh, is an email good or just go online? Just- um. Maybe just go online. Just go online for the time being. Okay. so My my next session with you, we'll go go into a little deeper. Okay. St. Patrick's, Catskill. Athens. And Athens, New York. New York. Thank you uh, again. I can't uh, thank you enough. And thank you for joining us right here on The Age Sage for part two of this two-part series with guest Father Mike Melanson. And check out all the other interviews as well on any major podcast platform. It's The Age Sage with Robert J. LaCosta.